This is Story Guys. Anyone that listens to the show, and, and you know this about me, um, I, I've gotten in the last couple of years into trying to find uh, physical copies of compilations. Um, especially like old record labels and stuff that uh, you and I both like. And uh, man, so today I'm really proud of this. I want to see if you remember this one. Did, did you ever hear the, the Slice of Lemon double disc compilation? 1995, yeah. it was a comp that was done jointly by Lookout Records and Kill Rock Stars. Yeah, yeah. So give me the, uh, give me what's on that. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, so it's, it, it's got a lot of stuff that has not made it to 2021. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Um, uh, very, very little of it, uh, it has made its way into the greater pop culture ether, but there is some Elliot Smith. Um, there's a, there's deer hoof makes it, uh, there's a couple, but there's also bands like the couch of Eureka, chicken head, Emily, sassy lime men's recovery project. Yeah. Excuse 17 kitty cat spy club, uh, third sex. Uh, and then you have, you know, Mr. T experience who, who did kind of make it, um, uh, Sunny Char, Frumpies, Teamsters, Go Sailor, Dig Your Grave, Dig Your Grave, Y R. Yeah, yeah. You, so you 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 remember this, right? Like it's yeah. and it's it's just so. I mean, the whole all the liners, like everything's in really good shape, and all the liners have photos and write ups on all these bands, and it's just and it's like it, it's just it's from another era, man. It, it got me really excited. And then you and I were talking this weekend about how you and I don't think you've ever really talked much about this with me or on the pod but you tried to operate a record label for a while yeah and my friend kevin sent me uh what would be like the the order form that came with a record when you ordered it so i'm just gonna read it uh it was called fort records was the name of my record label and the uh do you know why do you know why you named it that yeah we lived in fort sanders uh neighborhood in knoxville which is a civil war uh battle site right right okay the confederates came running down kingston pike and they got all the way down to where (laughs) the 17th street were gonna happen and they went up into fort sanders and the union soldiers mowed those rednecks down as they tried to come up the hill that's really what happened in that battle i wasn't gonna make you do that but i knew that's where we were headed so 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 here's what yeah so when you ordered this i i don't recall writing this but this is me so i'm kind of miss this person whoever the hell this person is <laughs> do you ever feel like you need more mayonnaise for your potatoes we at fort <laughs> records know all about those predicaments along with knoxville tennessee's foursome leaf g-force gives you a taste of what's to come from their full-length cd of fuzz pop tunes due out the summer unpredictable is a b-side chart buster in its own right it spins at 45 rpms and goddamn right it's in stereo uh, yeah, and then it lists like here's the stuff. So this was a anyway. comp, like you you put out a comp, much like uh, much like a slice of lemon. No, it was just a seven inch. Um, but I was involved with some other friends of mine. We we worked on these two comps that were fundraisers for the the college radio station. Um, and man, the artwork that was put into those things. <laughs> Remember when people just, gave a crap about artwork on their albums? Well wasn't then we had there was a show called tennessee tracks and my friend brett had this really awful this is like mid-90s this like 
some artwork he had created in whatever paint or I don't know something where it looked like it's just a guy with needle tracks up and down his arms. Sure. That was that was on it. We all have sweatshirts like that. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's totally weird. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, it was uh, a terrible endeavor. It didn't really do very well. It's a really quick uh, way to lose money. Even then, it was a quick way to lose money. We did. I did go with those guys, and they did a show in Asheville, North Carolina. Like we went out of town once, um, but those guys could make a lot of money in town. Um, I mean, a ton. Like I remember walking around with way too much cash in my pocket at times uh, from just money at the door. That stuff. But we went to Asheville, and they played a gig in Asheville, and they're opening up for somebody you didn't know who it was, and it was a Fleetwood back cover band, and they had two Stevie Nicks. <laughs> They had, two, they had two girls twirling around with the with the, the stuff, you know. Oh, oh, a singer and a twirler, I guess. Yeah, wow, wow. And, well, and you know that's the beauty of uh, when you are touring uh, or, or when you're into rock and roll. And I don't know if you saw of all the beautiful Bernie memes that were floating around here recently post inauguration of him and his mittens. There was one where somebody had just captured him and it said, uh, "Me when I find out there's four bands on the." bill not just three <laughs> well when then where's bernie where is he and he's just sitting it's just a picture oh, of bernie at his mittens yeah. but then there's another one somebody put him at the merch table like just yeah. at, at a generic merch table which i thought was also uh, very good but it, it made me think of this uh movie that a friend of mine uh texted me like on a saturday night a few weeks ago at like 11 30 and was like hey there's a bunch of us group watching this movie called uncle peckerhead have you heard about this flick? No, so it's no. like it's it's a literal like B level horror movie. I mean, very low budget horror movie made by some musicians um, about being touring musicians. But what they did is instead of just making a movie about being touring musicians, they decided to make this movie about touring musicians who hire a van driver who they figure out pretty quickly is is like a, a creature of the night who who becomes a zombie after midnight and you know the the funny part of the movie like kind of the punch of the movie is that they just decide to keep him along because it's they're so broke and they need him to drive <laughs> well you just keep the zombie <laughs> but it's a- it's a really good time and it's made by some guys that were in and out of other bands and in different music scenes and so they there's some music uh when the punk band performs it's actually from uh i, I believe this holy mess is the name of one of the bands um that, that's recorded some of the songs that are in the movie and stuff it's i mean it's you know it was made on a budget uh, well, but you want to you know how to lose some money? Make a movie. Yeah, that's that, make a movie about making music. <laughs> <laughs> Put those two things together. And, yeah, and, yeah, unless it's a documentary about uh, one of five bands. I did see today. I was in a. Uh, I, I, I did see uh, a listing for um, it, the the big star uh, concert film. Do you, do you, have you do you have that? No, but I have it in a watch list. So you, and you haven't it. seen it yet? Nope, I haven't seen it today. I mean, I actually, this is very funny. I saw like, I, I was looking at it today, and it was in like a queue I had. And um, I'd been cleaning the house. And I was trying to figure out something just to watch. It was mindless. Everything seemed to be too heavy. And I ended up watching a documentary that was under an hour long that was a documentary about professional wrestler Diamond Dallas Page <laughs> and how and how he he came back from crippling injuries to basically being like a yoga guy. Like he is the he's like over 60 and he's a 
like a he's a yoga guy and he does yoga for men. It's the idea like men don't want to do yoga. But if you do so, it with him, you're it's okay. You get a pass. Yeah. That that and actually I, makes sense. I'm surprised more wrestlers haven't tried to make that move. Yeah, and so he he broke his back. That's why he he broke his back and then he almost broke his neck. And and so but what I what what I wanted to know, they could have made this amazing documentary, Brian, is it starts and he's like, when I was 30 years old, I had a third grade reading level. And when I was 34, I became a pro wrestler. What? And and then it's basically like kind of like a kind of a little bit of an infomercial for like Diamond Dallas Page yoga. And it's like, (laughs) we could talk about the fact of the broken home he grew up in and everything that happened until he was 34. Yeah. I mean, he like he just like get that out of the way. The first, get that out of the way. Here's what we're not going to talk about. I was basically illiterate until the age of thirty, and I became a wrestler after my midlife crisis. But yeah. that's not what we're going to talk about. Don't you want to do downward dog? Yeah. <laughs> and then he broke it. He broke his back, and then he came back like at forty two and beat Ric Flair and became the heavyweight <laughs> champion of the world. And then he almost broke his neck. But I was like watching it and I thought, this is going to be really inspirational. This is an infomercial for his yoga. <laughs> All right. One more comp. One more comp. So I found a comp called Then 1955. And typically I have several 50s compilations because I, that's a really interesting uh period of music to me and it's one of those things that's a little hard to in the digital streaming era to find your bearings sometimes right and yeah, so, yeah it's, that's, they don't sell records right so I um I, I found this comp but I thought oh, I have a lot of 50 stuff but I looked at it and I realized that it was actually it's actually a British compilation it was put on out on uh future more music fantastic void future future noise music record label anyway um packed with 28 of the most enduring hits including all uk chart toppers then 1955 offers an ideal audio souvenir of the year um and it's uh, the then series is compiled by eminent chart watcher dave mcaleer whose sleeve notes also recall the year's most newsworthy events so like i'm super stoked about this uh You're such a dork i know so but like nice. listen there, there's there's uh perez prado <laughs> is on this uh, jimmy young ruby murray dickie valentine i mean you get the rosemary clooney and the tony bennett but the Johnston brothers, Cyril Stapleton, Frankie Vaughn, do you know? You don't know any of those guys. I know right? a hand, like right. some of it's kind of familiar, but it's not all registering. No. Yeah, no, that'll be fun. All right, no no more of that nerdery. Um, instead, let's let's do what we're here for. It's a game. It's called Story Guys. It's uh, a fake game show. There's fake points involved. We basically just tell each other a story based on a story starter, and we figure out who has the best story, and then they get fake points. What's going to be our choices for our theme today? So here's what I'm thinking. I, I decided to put a list of terrible songs together because typically we pick like pick an artist or something, and I thought, if I just put a bunch of terrible songs that no one likes into a hat and then we have to use one of them maybe like maybe it'll be an extra big challenge because we'll have to overcome the bad vibes yeah, this, this was a left turn i wasn't expecting okay. i hope this isn't hard but okay so in here is in here is blame it on the rain mm, yeah. yeah okay um i've also got uh, a yakety yak in, in honor of WandaVision and their nice use of uh, Yakety Yak here recently. I don't know if you're watching WandaVision yet on, on no. Disney+. Plus. Um, <laughs> I actually have a soft spot for Yakety Yak, but I, I do think it kind Me of falls in, this, falls in this category. Um, here's one. Uh, do you remember uh, Tarzan Boy, the 80s hit? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I threw that in there. I also threw Move It. 
the uh, song from the Madagascar movies that Will I Am does. I got to move it, move it. <laughs> oh <laughs> Which man, was like a real. <laughs> That one was around my house a little too much a few years ago, and I would like to never hear that one again. Um, do you have any contributions you want to throw into this bucket? Uh, no, not not offhand. I, th- I think I can roll with a couple of your, maybe one of your ideas here. Well, hopefully, I don't know. Let's okay. see what comes out of the hat. All right, here we go. All right, move it. Will uh, I am's move it. I like to move it, move it. You know, he's like the what's the character, the meerkat or whatever that's dancing. It's uh, it's god awful. Not it's blocked out of my head. Not dude. my favorite movie. I was talking with someone today about how um, there's like certain things. Like I guess JoJo Siwa's been in the news, and like I don't really know who that is because my kids are of a certain age, right? Like we're past yeah. that, and so they completely missed it. Um, but there are these weird some people that people don't realize this until they have kids that you get sucked into a bubble of pop cultural entertainment that no one else is in unless they have the same age kids as you and then you think it's the biggest thing in the world because it's all anyone in your house is talking about like we were really into this group called the fresh beat band for a period of years no one remembers the fresh beat band those actors are they've got day jobs now but it was a big deal on nickelodeon for like two seasons and uh, we saw them live in in concert no lie at the palace theater uh two times not once two times that's how big they were for like a brief second to kids who were two to five wow okay i missed that so anyway madagascar not my favorite of those uh pop cultural pastimes associated yeah. with my kids um but i do do you want to go first or do you want me to go first with move it i'm gonna go first okay. i want to i want to get this over with go for it i i think i, I don't know how good this is going to be <clears throat> so uh when i was mid-20s i moved cross country um I lived in New York City for a while and uh, New York City, you know, did enough of a number on me that I needed to get out of New York City. Um, It just was kind of difficult on my constitution, my body mentally and physically to go out six nights a week smoking two packs (laughs) of cigarettes a day and drinking free booze. I do do like it when I talk to people who've lived in New York and they all of them and you're no exception. So I'm not picking on you. Describe it as basically like I had to stop the city because the city was too hard because I had to go out too often. And I'm like, did the city make you do that? It seems like if you wanted to be I'm I'm sure COVID is proving that if you want to be a hermit in New York City, you can. But I I also understand the the idea of of wow there is such nightlife here yeah i mean you know i figured out where the art openings were where like the music things were where the gallery openings were like where the things were where you could go to and then you got to go to them for free sometimes you'd leave with a, a gift you know from the party yeah, yeah. um anyway so um I wanted to go do some transcendental meditation. I moved to Boulder, Colorado, and that's what I did. And that happened. And I'm a very weird choice. And I'm glad I made that choice because here I am now. But I had to get a car um, because I sold my car when I went to New York. So my Uncle Wayne, rest in peace. um, (laughs) Wait, hold, stop. I can already almost see the points because I feel like when when an Uncle Wayne is involved, there's no way I'm going to win. Go ahead, though. He he had a he had a catchphrase with me. Um, oh, he also called me something. I remember now as a child that is incredibly racist, Ooh, and I'm going to leave it there. Yikes. But anyway, he used he used to say, um, "We're going to do this together." Together. So Uncle Wayne sold me his Oldsmobile '88 for one dollar. Nice. So nice. the deed, you yeah, know, whatever yeah. the car bill of bill of sale, whatever. So I drove this cross country with a couple of members of my family and, and a couple other vehicles. So I'm moving. 
um, big deal. So I, I get all my stuff and move to some crappy apartment and, and, you know, anyway, so I, I had to move around, you know, move around a couple times when I was there. So this one particular time, this Oldsmobile, by the way, at some point did not last forever. <laughs> Shocking. And, so, and so this is the beginning, the beginning of the end of the Oldsmobile. Um, the ending story of it is quite spectacular. But so I'm moving things in the Olds with some friends of mine. And I remember very specifically the car was kind of starting to overheat and eventually that was the the death of it at some point it just overheated and and someone's like ah man you need your transmission yeah but you know i always feel like when a car overheats and dies that it's like the noble death like it really went until the very very end right as opposed to like you know some dumb thing like getting totaled or something like that it's like when you can ride that car until it finally has just basically sputtered its last breath then you can leave victorious i feel like that's the manly tennessee rural tennessee way to leave a relationship with a car just leave it bleeding on the side of the road yeah and i'd never had a toyota or a Honda at that point, and so flipping that over a hundred thousand, I thought, well, I've pretty, I've gotten, you know, for a dollar, I've got a pretty good deal out of this car. I, I do. So, so it it gets hot and just stalls in the middle of this four lane, four lane, four lane, four lane left turn. Are you I'm in? De- are you left- in Denver? Yeah, I'm. I'm in Denver, and I'm moving um, some things from like one person's apartment to mine. Like I'm not moving all of my things. Right, right. Like I'm, I'm moving some things like, uh, cause I lived in Boulder County and so I'm, I'm down in Denver. Um, so the car stalls like in the middle of a gigantic intersection. And luckily I had somebody to kind of help me and, uh, one of my friends and I think a stranger and, uh, we were able to get it, um, off to the side of the road and, and eventually like get it to to turn over um and then we got to my friend's place where i was unload he was i was getting a dining room table and chairs and it was a like a four-story walk up and um so at some, I remember like I, at some, like I'd gotten down, I was, I was down off the steps, but I'd fallen, like I'd just kind of fallen. And I forgot to mention this part. It's Colorado and it's a, over a hundred degrees, which never happens. Like it's, it snows 300 days a year sometimes in Colorado, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's over a hundred degrees and you're at a, you're at 5,000 feet higher. Like it's, uh, you know, I just remember like, you can't, right. You, you can't hold your liquor there like you do here. And, you know, I'd never had a, an experience with heat like this before. So um, I have no idea what happened. And when I wake up, I'm I'm on the pavement and I kind of have like I can tell like I've hit my head a little bit and I have no clue what's happened and when I kind of open my eyes, I realize I'm surrounded by fucking people. There's like people like there's people around the, the apartment complex who don't know who I am. And so everyone has come to see the man who is on the ground. And, and my closest friend who is there talked someone out of calling 911. Uh just decide like let's not get Mark into an ambulance or whatever. Um but I had passed out and when I, I passed out, I was carrying a chair and like I did a tumble <laughs> and kind of did a like a kind of sideways roll. 
This and actually then, isn't funny, but for some reason, the way yeah. you're describing it, it's like someone just completely going rubber in the yeah. middle of walking with a chair. It's killing yeah. me. And so, and so, so the punchline of the whole thing, post all of this, is it's come up a couple of times since then because this is now almost twenty years ago, where a friend of mine they'll they'll ask they're like, remember that time you almost died moving that furniture. <laughs> And I like that it was a chair. I mean, thankfully, it was a chair and not like a couch. But if you'd been in the middle of like actually team moving something like, you know, all joking aside, that would be a pretty dangerous situation to be in. But yeah. just r- rubber mark, like I'm just picturing you like it's the SNL, like Bill, where they would just like, who was the character? The the little. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Mr. Bill. <laughs> Mr. Bill. Yes, Mr. Bill. Oh, no. (laughs) All right. All right. I've got a somewhat similar story. As you know, I've been moving here recently, so this is an opportune time to discuss this topic. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, I could tell you lots of stories between that and and helping my brother move cross country back uh, in September. But um, actually, the one I'll land on does involve my brother, uh, but it's actually a little bit of a nesting doll story. There's really a better story that I heard after this happened that um, that is going to be the payoff. But long story short, I needed a washer and dryer for the new place, and my wife found um, a uh, an opportunity for us to get some really nice ones. We were going to have to basically borrow a truck and drive a little bit. And so I picked my brother up from work, and we, we drove about an hour away to, to pick up this unit. And the quickest way to tell the story is that the washer and dryer front loaders, and they're on pedestals. And I thought that they would take them off the pedestals when they gave them to me. I just anticipated... I mean, I just thought it was logical that, okay, they're going to hand me two pedestals and they're going to hand me these machines. But we showed up and the guy's like, here you go. And he had gotten them perfectly prepped and had done a great job and they were perfectly nice folks. Uh, But they didn't take them off the pedestals. They left them on the pedestals. And I was in a a friend's pickup truck. And so I, you know, and I just am a little more laissez-faire about life than my brother is. My brother is very intense. uh, And he's like, dude, you cannot drive an hour on the interstate with these things on pedestals they're gonna fall out of the truck and uh it's like oh my god i don't know i think i think it'll be okay so he's like did you bring anything to tie him down with and he will roast me about this for the rest of my life but at my i had been leaving the place uh that we were moving into we were still in the process of moving hadn't like we weren't staying there but we were doing some renovations and stuff and in there in the garage when i was like oh crap i gotta go pick up this stuff what do i have to take with me my gear my bungee cords and stuff at the other house i found a rope and it was it was a rope he calls it mark twain's rope now in retrospect but it was an old piece of rope and i threw it in the truck and so we get there and he's like you got to tie these down and i pulled out i'm like here you go and he's like dude are you kidding me this is what you brought this rope and i was like i don't know it looks like a piece of rope to me i think it'll be fine so we do just a little bit of finagling and we get him on and i'm like come on it'll be fine bud so we get back in the truck and i start driving and i mean we get like three blocks away and i take a turn and he's like oh my god they're wobbling back there we there is no way we can do this so we end up trying to figure we almost turn around and like go back to the guy in retrospect this is what we should have done is just gone back to the guy and been like hey dude sorry but could you help us take these off the pedestal because this dude was a good old boy and he probably had all the stuff it would probably would have taken five minutes but instead he's like let's find a location where we can 
pull over and pull these things off the pedestal. He's like, once you do that, the center of gravity changes, and I don't think we're going to have a problem. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So now we're looking for a screwdriver. And we end up going to this rural Dollar General where they have a $3 screwdriver that barely works. And we're stripping screws. And it takes it literally takes like an hour and a half to get these things off the pedestals. But we do it. We get them to my new place and everything is, is fine. But my brother really, really wants to make fun of me about this rope and about this situation. And so he's been bringing it up to people. And he brought it up to my dad. And me and my dad are like carbon copies of each other. My dad's like, I don't know. I'm kind of with Brian on this one. I feel like it would have worked out fine. And, uh, and in the process of telling the story, though, my mom butts in. And this is where the nesting doll comes in. She goes, well, there actually is a story about us and appliances in the back of a pickup truck. And I was like, really? Oh. And she said, yeah. And my dad's like, no, 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 don't tell this story. He's like, I, I'm, I, I'm still ashamed of this story. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Wait, what? You like, you know, I'm like almost 40 years old. There's some story I don't know about you that you're not, you don't want to tell me. So this is the story that they told me. So I'm, tr- I'm going to, I'm going to optimize on their story. So when they were first married and they were in, they were doing church ministry and they're making no money because you famously make no money doing that. Um, at some point they had gotten a little bit of money or something and decided to buy a refrigerator, a new one. And so they'd gone to Montgomery Ward. That'll give you the, the period of time this was. And they had picked out a refrigerator and to have it delivered, it was going to be a hundred dollars. And this is like, I think before I was born. So late seventies, early eighties. So hundred dollars is a lot, especially to my mom and dad at the time. And so someone was like, Hey, you can borrow this. You can borrow my truck, blah, blah, blah. And so they were like, okay, cool. We're going to do that. Cause we want to save a hundred bucks. So they go to Montgomery Ward and they back the truck up and the delivery guys just wheel it on, lift it up, put it on the truck, close the tailgate. And so my dad's like, okay. <laughs> okay. See you later, alligator. They don't say anything. They don't do anything. So he's like, all right. So he just puts the car in gear and drives off. So he's driving through Cincinnati. (laughs) And he loses the refrigerator out the out the side of the truck on the highway. Oh my god. So, I mean, and knowing like where they were in their lives, like I maybe my sister was born so like maybe they had a baby or maybe I was a young kid or something like early 80s, but like they have young kids they're in their like early 30s tops they like don't have any money they've like i mean it was a big deal to get a refrigerator and they've literally just blown this opportunity by tipping it over in the middle and like causing a traffic pile up and so anyway they tell us this story and my brother's like i saved you from that i saved you single-handedly from that happening to you brian now it turns out I asked my dad I was like so what did you do and they went back to Montgomery Ward and convinced Montgomery Ward to give him another fridge but here was the caveat here was the caveat that Montgomery Ward said they said you still have to pay for the delivery <laughs> so they paid a hundred bucks at that point it seemed worth it I think uh, yeah but uh whoo Man, all the all the points, Brian. You're taking all the points. All right. Well, I I'll, I'll yeah. donate some of them to the uh, memorial fund for that refrigerator that we've set up in its honor. <laughs> wow, that's a great story, man. I like how you connected it with your parents. 
Because well, fantastic. this podcast has been fun because if, for that reason, my parents actually listened to it, uh, or at least did, especially in the beginning. And they would call me, my mom would call me and be like, hey, actually, let me tell you another story about like whatever topic we were talking about. She's like, actually, or like we would tell a story and she'd be like, that's not how I remember it. But not like in a, not like in an ugly way. She'd be like, actually, I never knew that your perspective, my perspective was this. It's, it's, it's led to a lot of conversations um, with my parents specifically and with other people about, about things. And that's kind of the whole point. So I'm, I'm happy for it. Yeah. I wonder if the rest of my family listens to it. They were for a little bit, but you know, who, who knows at this point, we well, might've gone down the deep end for them. Yeah. Anyway, we did spend like 15 minutes on this episode talking about <laughs> compilations. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, <right. laughs> grunge bands called uh, dig your grave, dig your grave. Yeah. If you want to get involved in the show, you yeah. know where to go. It's uh, we are the story guys at gmail.com. We are the story where you can check out our other show, rock and roll bedtime stories and new to the network. The show hypotheticals featuring our friends, Charles and Kelsey discussing um, some really strange situations. It's, it's a podcast. It's a little bit like this in that it's a little bit of a fake game show but it's really about a bunch of questions where the answers don't matter it's a lot more about how you get there check that stuff out and in the meantime what do we need people to keep doing mark keep telling stories peeps we're gonna do this together how do you say that we're gonna do it together together we're gonna do it together we're gonna keep telling stories together 